MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021. Today, FBI Director Christopher Wray testified before the Joint Senate Committee about his agency's role in the insurrection intelligence. The Manhattan District Attorney drills down on CFO Alan Weisselberg and his investigation into the Trump Organization. Governor Cuomo faces allegations from a third woman. The Pentagon announces security aid to Ukraine. Texas lifts COVID restrictions and the mask mandate. Biden makes a major announcement regarding COVID vaccines. And we have an update on the Mary Trump lawsuit. I'm A.G. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, everybody. We have a big show today. Um, This has just come in now. The White House has just withdrawn, by the way, the nomination of Neera Tandon. That was not in our introduction. It was not in the original script, but that has just happened. So Manchin strikes again. I'm very upset about this. Me too. It's, It's unfortunate. We've talked about this before in the podcast. Um, there's very good chance that this is tied to retaliation based on uh, um, her holding his sister or daughter, sister, which one? Daughter. Daughter, daughter. I think daughter accountable for basically a, an EpiPen scandal with price gouging. So it is frustrating. Yeah. It is frustrating indeed. It is also frustrating. We couldn't get one Republican yeah. to vote for her. Um, also today I'll be talking with Mary Trump. We're going to discuss her lawsuit. She's got an update for us on that. And also, uh, I'm going to ask her about Alan Weisselberg. You you remember him from the earlier Mueller she wrote days when he had a non-prosecution agreement with the Southern District of New York in their investigation into Cohen and Individual One. Uh, we'll see uh, how that goes. I think I have an idea, and I'll talk to her about that as well. And uh, Biden has made a major announcement uh, today. I'll talk about that. That's the lead story. And of course, we have good news. And then Thursday, I'll be speaking with the author of the book, American Compromat, and his KGB source, who says Russia had been grooming Trump since the 80s. And as always, you can join Dana and me on Stereo, uh, the Stereo app, which is a free app to download. And we do that every Thursday at uh, 5 p.m. Pacific time. It's super fun. I am looking forward to it. It's one of my highlights of my week. So we will do it. Yeah, so we have a lot of news to cover today. We're going to get to it all. So let's do it. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, lead story today. Huge friggin' news. Biden today gave a statement about the COVID vaccine. You know, the FDA issued the Johnson & Johnson Emergency Youth Authorization. Um, he said we should all be encouraged. He said when he came into office, Johnson & Johnson was behind in production and their vaccine wasn't coming fast enough. So his team worked hard to accelerate that effort. He didn't go into any details about that. But he announced a major step forward. Um, Johnson and Johnson and Merck are now going to work together to ramp up production of the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Now, these are bitter rivals, uh, but Joe Biden was able to get them to work together. He also is invoking the Defense Production Act to get two of Merck's manufacturing facilities up and running to manufacture the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Now, like I said, Merck and Johnson and Johnson are usually competitors, but they're working together now with the help of this administration to to roll out 
this, you know, to really ramp up this production of this vaccine to help meet meet the goals that the administration has. Johnson and Johnson is also taking the additional step on its own of ramping up production by operating its manufacturing facilities twenty four seven. And he also said, uh, Biden also said he's invoking the Defense Production Act to manufacture machinery and supplies needed uh, to get these vaccines into arms, and that he has employed the Department of Defense to strengthen and support Johnson and Johnson's efforts. He thanked Johnson and Johnson and Merck for being good corporate citizens. He hearkened back to how we used to do this with um, corporations in the Defense Production Act in World War II. And then he made a very bold prediction, Dana. He said, we will now have enough supply of the vaccine for every American adult by the end of May. And that is just huge. Yes, that made me very happy to hear. Very, very happy to hear. Listen, I know that pharmaceutical companies, there's money to be made in this, but in the situation we are in, it is unfortunate that the country itself, like when Moderna and Pfizer, you know, they got this vaccine, it passed. Why that recipe was not spread to every single pharmaceutical company that could produce this vaccine and get this wiped out for us. It's just unfortunate we don't live in a country that that's you know, that capitalism takes over on that. It's, it, mm. it bothers me a little bit, but I am glad it, I have hope. I really do have hope by the end of May, we might be getting back to uh, a little bit of a enjoyable life, I mm-hmm. would say outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I can travel and perform and you can travel and perform. But it appears that there are some governors that are trying to thwart oh, yeah. this idea. Y- yeah. We've got these two dipshits in Mississippi and Texas handing each other each other's beers going, let me see if I can out dumb fuck you. And we're going to just take away mask mandates and reopen the entire state. So the governors of Texas and Mississippi, listen, I know there are good people in both of these states. Your governors suck. Um, they both announced on Tuesday that they would be lifting their state's mask mandates and rolling back many, if not all, of their COVID-19 health mandates just one day after the CDC warned against complacency in the face of emerging coronavirus variants. Now, this is part of the problem. Shortly after Abbott's announcement, Governor Tate Reeves in Mississippi, he announced that he would end the statewide mask mandate there as well, effective Wednesday of this week. So as you're listening to this, apparently people in Mississippi think it's a good time to take their masks off and go down to the Fuddruckers. Okay. Now on Monday, the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, strongly cautioned against this very rollback that Abbott and Reeves were about to implement. She said, I'm really worried about reports that more states are rolling back the exact public health measures we have recommended to protect people from COVID-19, Walensky said, as the daily White House COVID-19 briefing. So she went on to say, uh, please hear me clearly. At this level of cases with variants spreading, we stand to completely lose the hard-earned ground we have gained. I do not understand this, AG. I don't. I, the only thing I can imagine in Texas is that Beto O'Rourke is probably polling incredibly well, and so Abbott's what trying to kill all of the voters. I don't understand any other reason for this. Yeah, it, it's we're just we're literally steps away from Republican politicians just killing their own constituents. If that's not yes. even what's happening now. And it's also very infuriating that while it's incredible what Biden announced today uh, and what he's done and was able to do with Johnson and Johnson and Merck and, of course, the Department of Defense and the National Guard and help actually rolling out the vaccines themselves, uh, that could have been done a year ago. Absolutely. Uh, with Especially with um, masks and and testing supplies and and he never didn't want to he didn't want to invoke the Defense Production Act. But now we have a president who yes. does. 
Right. And that SOB who said it was a hoax, oh, this is just going to go away. It's just a hoax. He had no problem getting his vaccine in private at the fucking White House in January. I'm so angry about it. I know. Me too. And, And how many thousands of lives could he have saved? But, you know, and I'll talk a little bit with this about Mary later. And you and I have talked about this with Mary before, that in order to be a hero, you have to accept some sort of responsibility. And he just simply wasn't willing to do that. Yeah. And which is unfortunate because the biggest number of people that are vaccine, let's say, anti-vaxxers are white Republicans. That doesn't make any sense to me. All he had to do was make an announcement. All he had to do was make an announcement. Anyway, I know we have a lot of news. We'll keep coming back to this. So please, please continue. Yeah, uh, no problem. It's just I'm as frustrated as you are because we've lost hundreds of thousands of lives and and a year. Yeah. Um, Also, FBI Director Chris Wray testified today called the Capitol attack domestic terrorism multiple times, but wasn't able to, he was unable to explain the intelligence failures ahead of the insurrection, although I don't know that I would call them intelligence failures. He did definitively debunk all the GOP questions. A lot of the Republicans were asking about Antifa and left-wing actors and Black Lives Matter. Uh, all those questions posed as Trump supporters by test. They, he basically they kept asking, "Hey, how many Antifa people were there posing right. as as insurrectionists? Were you know posing as Trump supporters?" And Chris Ray definitively said over and over again, "None. There were no Antifa. Antifa is not a thing. There were no Black Lives Matters people. There were no like nothing." Um, it it he actually said, "Well, well, first of all." He testified none of the arrests or any of the ongoing investigations indicate they were Antifa, Black Lives Matter, or other anarchic groups responsible. Ray went on to say several insurrectionists were specifically motivated by claims of supremacy of the white race. So not only was Antifa not involved, because Chris Ray was like, you know, the Republicans, any left wingers? And he's like, we don't do left wing, right wing. We, yeah. <laughs> we, talk, we talk about... Uh, groups and whether they were involved and there were no uh, groups um, that that a senator would normally associate with left wing uh, involved right. in the attack on, on the Capitol. There, but it it was all, you know, Trump supporters and many of them individuals specifically are white supremacists. Now, regarding the threat of domestic terrorism, Ray said, we have significantly grown the number of investigations and arrests. Uh, he also said the FBI director said that uh, in September, that number of the number of such cases was about a thousand. By the end of 2020, there were about 1400 such cases. And after January 6th, it ballooned again to what, 4000, 2000. And uh, the problem of domestic terrorism, he said, has been metastasizing around the country for a long time. And it's not going away anytime soon. Whenever we've had the chance, we've tried to emphasize that as a top concern. Uh, Ray also explained the FBI bulletin talking about the quote-unquote intelligence failure. He said the FBI bulletin was not only emailed to law enforcement, they were given additional verbal briefings, and it was posted on the portal for all law enforcement to see. That contradicted the finger-pointing last week that blamed the failure entirely on intelligence. Despite that, he conceded that the FBI officials will review internal practices because what unfolded at the Capitol was not an acceptable result. Now, you can join Andrew Torres and me tomorrow on Clean Up, Clean Up on Aisle 45 for an in-depth discussion about the FBI response with Andrew McCabe. He's going to be with us on the show tomorrow. So That's going to be fantastic. Definitely join. All right. Uh, this next story we've been following for a while, AG. Uh, this is what we've been covering with Cuomo. The past week, Governor Cuomo has been accused by two women of inappropriate sexual behavior. And a third woman has come forward. During a wedding, Cuomo went up to Anne Roosh and she thanked him for his kind words about her friends. 
But what happened next instantly unsettled her. Now, Mr. Cuomo put his hands on Mrs. Rouge's bare lower back. She said it, and this was an interview on Monday. Now, when she removed his hand with her own, she actually recalled that the governor remarked that she seemed aggressive and placed his hands on her cheeks. He asked if he could kiss her loudly enough for friends standing nearby to hear uh, Miss Rouge was bewildered and pulled away as the governor drew closer. So this whole thing was very un- uncomfortable for her, and there were clearly witnesses that could hear it. Uh, she said, I was so confused and shocked and embarrassed um, She, as she was recollecting what was collaborated by the friend, contemporaneous text messages and photographs. There's literally a photograph of this happening from the event. She said, I turned my head away, and I didn't have words in that moment. Now, Ms. Roosh's example is distinct from those of former aides. A former member of the Obama administration and the 2020 Biden campaign, uh, Ms. Roosh had never been employed by the governor or the state, but her experience reinforces the escalating concerns and accusations about Mr. Cuomo's personal conduct, a pattern of words and actions that have, at a minimum, made three who are women who are decades decades his junior feel deeply uncomfortable in their collective telling. So on Monday... Uh, Cuomo, uh, Mr. Cuomo's contrition as a, a rarity in this decade-long tenure was rejected, actually, by some other New York Democrats, including Mayor Bill de Blasio of New York, who said that the governor's statement was not an apology. He went on to say he seemed to be saying, I was just kidding around, Mr. de Blasio continued. Sexual harassment isn't funny. It's serious, and it has to be taken seriously. So on Monday night, Representative Kathleen Rice, a former Nassau County District Attorney, became the first Democrat in New York's congressional delegation to call for Mr. Cuomo to resign. So this will be really interesting how this plays out. Um, Obviously, a lot of the Republicans are up in arms, and I just think it's very interesting how all of a sudden they want to believe women when women are accusing Democrats. So Mm. uh, listen, if Cuomo is guilty of what he did, and he, he did say he said those things, he just didn't have the intent behind it. But listen, if he did sexual harass anyone i would also call for his resignation so yep we'll continue to cover that and um also uh finally the pentagon on monday announced a 125 million dollar security assistance package for ukraine with another 150 million contingent on kiev making progress on reforms and anti-corruption efforts interestingly enough the aid has been given without any conditions <laughs> we just <laughs> we don't <laughs> no one tried to blackmail wait 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 what <laughs> there was no f- would like you to do us a favor though it was just hey <laughs> uh also uh as i said at the top of the show mary trump has some updates for us with regards to her lawsuit against trump and we'll discuss the manhattan da ramping up their investigation into alan weisselberg and his kids which is really interesting mm-hmm. so stick around for that we'll be right back After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG for The Daily Beans. What if I told you you could get important fertility insight without going to the doctor or even leaving home? Modern Fertility makes that possible with easy at-home fertility hormone testing. With Modern Fertility, you can unlock tons of insight into your reproductive health. Uh, You can take egg counts, menopause timing, if your hormone levels indicate conditions like thyroid disorders or PCOS, all things that are good to know whether or not kids are in your future. Modern Fertility is the easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. You mail it in with a pre 
prepaid label and you get your personalized results within 10 days. Traditional testing with your doctor can cost over $1,000, but Modern Fertility only costs $159 to get the same information. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash dailybeans, you can get $20 off your test. Also, if you have an HSA or FSA, you can use those dollars on Modern Fertility too. You'll get insights on how many eggs you have, your hormone levels, other important fertility factors as well. The results go deep into what every hormone means, and you can talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and your options for next steps. So if you want kids today, or maybe one day in the future, or you just need hormone information to make the decision that's best for you, you can do that with Modern Fertility. And right now, they're offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash dailybeans. That means your test will cost $139 instead of hundreds or thousands at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash dailybeans. Again, modernfertility.com slash dailybeans. Hey everybody! Welcome back. Uh, today, uh, I am I'm here. I'm joined by Mary Trump. We're going to talk about an update on her lawsuit and a couple other things, including Alan Weisselberg. Mary, welcome. How are you? Hey, G. Good. Great to be here. It's good to see you. I I I, f- I forgot. I'm not supposed to ask. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I do it every day. It's like built in um, because I care. Now. Uh, we all noticed a couple days ago there was a court filing in your lawsuit and there's been some questions regarding sort of uh, statute of limitations. And I was hoping you could give us a brief update on where your lawsuit is, what it's about um, for those that don't know, and what's going on with that statute of limitations thing. Well, I'll start off really briefly with describing what it is. Um, my grandfather died in 1999 and Uh, When I got a copy of his will, I found out that I'd been completely disinherited, Um, which means that uh, it was as if my father had never existed. My father had died when I was a child, but, you know, typically the deceased child, you know, his or her uh, inheritance is split between or among his or her children. And that wasn't the case. We, We were completely cut out of the will. Um, with the exception of it, all of the grandchildren got a, a in the in the context of the value of the estate, a small bequest, which is why I got the will um, and found out the way I did that I had been disinherited. Yeah, and we had talked about earlier when we were going over your book, we talked about the, you know, when a lot of people in the media were asking you why hadn't you written the book sooner, etc. And that was one of the main reasons. You said, I didn't, you know, I, I felt like a lot of people would see me as a disgruntled, uh, disinherited niece. And, and, and that's kind of where this all stems from. Yeah, it does. And because, and, and I get that, like, you know, I have no other, I'm nobody knew I existed. And, um, you know, I haven't been part of the family in two decades because basically when you're disinherited, you stop going to, uh, holidays. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that was the best thing that came out of, uh, that I have to say. What do you mean you have to? Yeah. Um, So I tried for months, honestly, to uh, negotiate with my uncle Rob. And basically it was just like, this isn't fair. I understand he had every right to do it, but you guys are all the executors. (laughs) You know, you can do whatever you want. And he's just like, nope, nope. You know, if, uh, if you sue us, I'll bankrupt you because I did have a five, a 10% share in a company called Midland Associates, which I'd inherited from my dad, which was separate from my grandfather's estate. And that's important when it comes down to the settlement. So I sued them. It was a disaster. 
I got completely screwed over and we decided to settle it because it was very expensive and it didn't look like we had any prospects. So um, as a condition of settlement, however, they insisted that they buy me out of my share of this partnership, Midland Associates. And um, long story short, they use my my lawyer allowed them to use their valuations of the properties under discussion. And um, it wasn't just, it was approximately 10 buildings in Queens. Plus I owned a share in the ground leases beneath Shorehaven and Beach Haven, which were these enormous developments in Brooklyn that each had at least 20 22, 24 buildings on them. So we're talking about acres and acres and acres of property in the middle of Brooklyn that I had a 5% share in. And uh, in the settlement documents, they said that that land was worth, my share of that land was worth $100,000. Oh, oh. Which again, <laughs> which, you know, isn't nothing in terms of, in, in, in uh, terms of money, but in the context of what we're talking about, I had been told years earlier that those ground leases were priceless. Right. Yeah. I remember that from your book. Yeah. So anyway, um, I, I was also told by my lawyer whom I paid handsomely that either way, my grandfather's entire estate was only worth $30 million. So, you know, should just cut my losses. So I did because I was paying a lot of money for that kind of advice. Um, and by the way, the lawsuit had nothing to do with my partnership share. It had only to do with the estate and the fact that we were arguing that my grandfather, when he wrote his will in 1990, had Alzheimer's already, and it had been unduly influenced by his children. There was an earlier will, but my lawyer made it clear to me that there was something wrong with that will also, because otherwise, if they'd thrown out the 1990 will, the 84 will would have take it its place and we would have used that. So, you know, clearly there was something wrong with both wills. Anyway, we settle 18 years go by and the times publishes that extraordinary piece of investigative journalism, which was based in part on the 40,000 pages of documents I had from that lawsuit. Uh, it was five years worth of tax documents. My, my grandfather's, uh, bank statements, um, tax returns for every single property he owned, et cetera, et cetera. And it took them over a year and a half to put together all the pieces. And it wasn't when I read that article in, in total, I understood <laughs> that I'd been kind of screwed over because as it turns out, two things, my grandfather's estate was worth about a billion dollars. Mm -hmm. Yep. Which is more than 30 million, I think. <laughs> yes, listeners will will recognize. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I actually had been totally and legitimately disinherited because there was nothing wrong with the 1984 will. So I had no claims to my grandfather's estate at all. The problem was that if my grandfather's estate was worth a billion dollars, and chances are that partnership that I had 10% share in was worth more than what they were telling me it was worth. Turns out it was worth tens of millions of dollars. So, oops. Yeah, yeah. Now, what's going on with 
the statute of limitations because my understanding is is that it's not about necessarily when the crime occurred but when the injured party recognizes that they'd been injured right is that sort of what we're talking about here and yeah. and there was a, a recent court filing could you explain that a little bit sure um it's a two two year statute of limitations now if i had known that they had defrauded me at the time i would have had until 2002 to file of course i didn't know because they expended so much effort defrauding me <laughs> so it, i did it i had no no idea um and also my lawyer didn't help by convincing me that the problem was with my having been disinherited, which I wasn't. So what we're saying is that this, the clock started ticking on August, uh, sorry, October 2nd, 2018, because that's when I learned of the fraud. And I filed the lawsuit about a month before the statute of limitations was up. So of course they're seeking a motion to dismiss by saying that, you know, I blew it. I should have done this 18 years ago. Um, however, oh, and they're also suggesting that any reasonable person could have figured it out. <laughs> and uh, so so they're basically, they're not saying we didn't do it. They're, they're just saying that I missed the boat. <laughs> and, and, you know, I could have figured out the fraud if I tried hard enough. That's an incredible admission right there, honestly. It's pretty stunning. Uh, yeah, well, oh, yeah, we defrauded you, but anybody could have figured that out. And I think it's important to note, too, that the statute of limitations clock stops ticking when you file the lawsuit, right? So because it's it's been over two years since um, October of 2018, but the loss, it's when the lawsuit is filed, not when it's decided or adjudicated. That's right. So we got in right under the wire, filed in September 2020. And so what we're, we're claiming is that it took three investigative reporters, forensic accountants, and trust in estate attorneys, you know, at the New York Times, a year and a half, seven days a week. Plus 40,000 documents that you at the time didn't even know you had access to. That plus they had access to a lot of other things too. So it's it's not necessarily the case that I would have been able to figure it out if I had given up everything else and done this as a full-time job for two years with only my documents. You know, they they interviewed other people. Uh, they had other records, et cetera. So their claims are absurd on their face. However, you never know. Um, so basically where we are right now is they get once again, one more, sh one more brief to file. And then it goes, it, it's time for the judge to make the decision. So hopefully we'll know by April, May at the outside. And the thing is that it could go one of two ways. The judge either says, you did blow it. You should have done this 18 years ago. Case closed. In which case, nothing else happens. Once again, they get away with it. That would suck. Um, mostly because I'm determined to take over Trump Tower and turn it into a homeless shelter and rename it. <laughs> or the judge can say, yeah, the clock started in uh, 2018. You got in under the wire. And now we proceed to figure out if they did indeed commit fraud. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not sanguine about it. I, 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 I think I clearly have much better lawyers. Yeah. Um, and I think I have a very solid case about the statute of limitations. I don't know. 
What I do know, though, is if I get over that hurdle, they're screwed. Yeah, and and that's exactly what this hurdle is. It's just a decision as to whether or not the lawsuit can go forward. Exactly. Uh, Because they have already admitted, basically, (laughs) uh, implied that they have defrauded you and you should have been able to figure it. You should have sat down, you know, crisscross applesauce on your floor with uh, boxes and boxes of documents. And, oh, you should have gotten your degree in forensic accounting as well. And you probably should have maybe gone to Columbia School of Journalism. Uh, and then, and then you, but you, you know, because you didn't do those things, um, you, you know, so I, I, I concur with that. And I just, you know, I think it's important to point out that all this decision coming here in the spring is about is whether or not you can proceed with the lawsuit, go to discovery, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I, I do think that um, if, it, if it's allowed to go forward, they are screwed. Like you said, yeah, and it's important also to understand that that uh, we're we're not just talking about recouping the money they stole from me, essentially, um, but I would also get interest over time. So I would get twenty years worth of interest compounded annually over that period of time, and my lawyers are suing for punitive damages. So I could actually see a scenario in which I get more for punitive damages. Because it was so egregious and cruel. Um, you know, they were my fiduciaries because my dad was dead. Yeah, they, they're actually required to have your financial interest in mind. And uh, they're supposed to be stewards. That's right. Of 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 you. They, uh, fidu- you know, fiduciary uh, control is, isn't just about running the numbers. It's about ensuring that you are um, equitably treated and fairly... Uh, compensated yeah and and look uh you know money is great but what i the way i look at it is um you know if i get compensated fairly based on their hideous behavior um i just think of what what can be done with that money because it in their hands it's useless it only serves them it 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 keeps them uh powerful um you know, it allows them to continue criming and stuff and, and, and evade accountability. Um, take it out of their hands and, and, you know, could actually do something with that money. And that's why it's so awesome that so many things are happening at the same time. Um, you know, between me and E. Jean Carroll and Cy Vance and Letitia James and Georgia, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep, we're following them all. That's why I'm glad to have you here today. And it, yeah, you're right. It's not about the money. The money's nice, and it can it can be put to better use than it is right now. Uh, but it's you know it's about justice, and uh, ho- hopefully we'll see that. I have a couple questions. Speaking of Cy Vance, about uh, what you know about Alan Weiselberg, our old friend uh, from back in the Mueller she wrote days. Uh, will you stick around? I have to take a quick break. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, everybody. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AJ from The Daily Beans, and this segment of the show is brought to you by American Giant. American Giant is my new favorite clothing company because they believe in quality over quantity, and they make beautiful clothes right here in the United States that are designed to last and don't end up in landfills. Your clothes should be wearable for for years, so you don't have to buy more than you need. Do you know that 60% of the clothes we buy end up in a landfill within a year of being made because big apparel companies are constantly cutting corners to make clothing as quick as possible? Mega corporations churn out cheap clothes and prioritize profits, leaving working people behind, hollowing out communities, and 
filling junkyards. If we had clothing that we could wear just 50 more times, we could reduce our CO2 emissions by 400%. American Giant makes clothing that's durable and built to last. It's not poorly made or disposable. I recently got their women's blizzard full zip with weatherproof nylon shell. It's so warm and cozy. It's perfect for the cooler weather, and I can't recommend it enough. It's my new winter favorite. It feels good to be supporting local communities, too, and buying amazing high-quality clothes made right here. Did you know back in the 60s, 95% of our clothing was made in the USA, and today it's just 3%. But choosing American Giant means supporting a supply chain that's 100% based in the USA, and it's about conscious consumerism, hardworking people, local communities, and quality clothes made to last. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code DAILYBEANS at American-Giant.com. That's 15% off when you use code DAILYBEANS at American-Giant.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We're talking to Mary Trump. Uh, we just got the update on uh, her lawsuit. And now, Mary, I want to ask you what you know about the chief financial officer of the Trump organization, Alan Weisselberg, and his two kids, because his kids are coming into this scenario now in this recent uh, New York Times reporting uh, about people questioning witnesses about Weisselberg as uh, as though he were a subject of this investigation, which he was uh, in the, the when this was in the Southern District of New York, and we got the indictment of of Michael Cohen and unindicted co-conspirator individual one, uh, who we know to be Donald. And back then, Weisselberg had a limited uh, immunity agreement, a non-prosecution agreement, where if he agreed to testify, he would not be prosecuted. And so right now, what it looks like is is Cy Vance gearing up to uh, push Weisselberg to cooperate with his investigation as well. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about Weisselberg and if you think that we're going to see the same sort of either non-prosecution or plea agreement cooperation deal in this particular investigation. Yeah, it's it's good to see that uh, Alan has resurfaced uh, because I've, I, I found it really weird that he was named so early on and then nothing as far as we know anyway. Yeah. And then they shut that, they shut down that investigation. In fact, a judge had to come and say, Hey, you know, you all haven't done anything on this Cohen investigation shit or get off the pot. And the department of justice decided to close it. That was under bill Barr. So weird. Hmm. Um, yeah. Hmm. So I'm sure, uh, Alan's thrilled (laughs) to be back. Um, dealing with uh, the New York AG. I, he started working for my grandfather in 1971. So this is a man who knows pretty much everything. And um, I think, this is my theory, but it makes perfect sense. I think my grandfather had him go with Donald to Manhattan and the Trump Organization to keep an eye on Donald. Um, because clearly Weisselberg proved himself to be um, a good soldier um, and, you know, knew how to work the numbers. And at the same, by the same token, and at the same time, Donald clearly proved himself to be really bad at business and um, incompetent, essentially, and, you know, not necessarily one to walk the straight and narrow. So my grandfather needed somebody on the inside keeping an eye on things. Um, And then I think over time, uh, Alan just sort of became another one of Donald's creatures. Um, So what we can learn from him is kind of mind-boggling. And the other thing that's 
maybe it's not mind-boggling, but it does make me wonder about the human species. Here's another guy who clearly knows that he is involved in something at best illicit and at worst really illegal and he still thought it was a good idea to get his children involved yeah yeah that's that blows my mind too i I know one of his sons works at uh, one of donald's biggest lenders uh i can't remember what the other one does but he he's involved in property management as well um but to get him involved is odd and and what i'm what, here's here are my thoughts, and this is all just speculation at this point. But I, I, I firmly believe Cy Vance has had the tax returns for a long time now. I think he was waiting for Mazars for another reason. If if it were only the tax returns, he would have he would have dropped the Mazars case, not gone through up to the Supreme Court twice. Um, but I think Weisselberg has this same kind of information, and the information I think that he's been waiting for is for people who advised Donald against breaking the tax laws, against undervaluing his property, advised him against uh, taking the easement deduction for Seven Springs, advised him against these things, either in writing or verbally, saying, hey, you know, Mazars for sure, hey, to limit our liability, we have to tell you, this isn't on the up and up, and, and it would have had to have gone forward despite that kind of advice. And because this is a tax business and insurance fraud investigation, and I know they're looking at the hush money stuff too, but that's kind of what I think they're getting at. That's what I think Cy Vance is sort of trying to poke at, is 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 that Trump knew that what he was filing was inappropriate and illegal, but did it anyway. Because without that knowledge, Donald can just say, uh, my lawyers handle that. I don't get into the details and sort of push it off onto his accountants and his lawyers. But if, but if Weisselberg or Mazars advised him against it, then that goes to intent that he knew what he was doing was ill-advised and or illegal. Yeah, it, it's a great point. And honestly, it's the only reason um, my lawsuit matters at all. Um, because you know what my my lawsuit's going to show he's a fraud who big deal however much more importantly the documents i have are 20 25 30 35 years old they establish behavior and if the same behavior can be shown to exist in more recent dealings of Donald's, then guess what we have? We have a pattern. And patterns also show intent. Yep, totality of evidence. We did it, they did it in the Mueller investigation. And it'll be easier for you to prove too, right? Because in a civil suit like yours, it's not reasonable doubt. It's preponderance, right? Yeah. Uh, But I think Vance waited for that. Mazars waited it out uh, and is working on Weisselberg because he absolutely has to have that uh, that's kind of smoking gun CYA stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And 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 I think um, waiting serves another purpose. I'm not suggesting that this was his his motivation, because it's it's much more important just to to have the evidence. But I think Donald is so damaged at this point. It increases the the possibility that people will say he knew. <laughs> we told him. He didn't listen to us um, because, you know, sure, they can prove it with the documents and that's great. But to have people actually, you know, 
eyewitness accounts uh, can be more compelling for some people. Um, and it could also lead us to, to other avenues of investigation um, because everybody who works for Donald, or at least most people, certainly everybody in an inner circle knows this about him. He knows the difference between right and wrong. He doesn't care. He will take any advantage. It's the same thing with the election. He did everything to, to steal this election. Absolutely everything. Not only because he can't grapple with the idea of losing, but because all that matters is the win. Doesn't matter how you do it. Doesn't matter how you get there. Break the law. Be immoral. Doesn't matter. You just get that win. It's the same thing in business. You know, um, so if he can, he also shares with my grandfather his absolute loathing of paying taxes, which considering the vast bulk of their wealth was uh, po made possible by federal grants, that's pretty right. uh, appalling. But, you know, money means worth in every sense of the term. So Donald will do anything and people around him know that. And anybody who's been in business around him or with him for the last 40 years knows that of course he did these things. Of course he devalued properties when it came time to pay taxes and he inflated their value when it came time to get loans or sell them. Because my grandfather has been doing the same fucking thing since the 1940s. Yeah, and you 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 lay that out all really clearly um in your book. Too much and never enough. And and you know, it, I honestly the you know, after getting that sort of full picture and that to that kind of total understanding, it explains a lot of of his behavior, you know, his his past behavior explains his current behavior. H him hiding the fact that he got a vaccine because it would show weakness even if he could become a hero like you said by sh by getting other people and saving lives to get a vaccine to be a hero you have to show weakness and and he wouldn't be willing to do that uh, to to uh, downplay the severity of his covid um etc i mean just so many so many things and then of course his you know his behavior since the election and and up until all and through cpac uh has i mean it all completely make sense when you break it down into those simple terms and and so i i am looking forward to see how uh this judge decides your lawsuit along with all the others including eugene carroll and um you know we'll keep covering what's going on with weisselberg and vance and the trump organization juniors in a lot of hot water um they haven't really mentioned eric but i'm assuming he is as well Although he could probably benefit from the too dumb to crime rule that uh, <laughs> seems to happen in criminal cases, <laughs> which is what got Donald Jr. off the hook for that Trump Tower meeting. Yeah, that's that that talk about white friggin' privilege. My God. But, you know, you're, you're, you're right. There are so many things going on. Again, my mine is the least of it. It really is. I mean, I, I'm really hoping that it's successful because anything that wounds him and, and helps to uh, empty his bank account is a good thing for all of us. But, um, you know, the ones to watch for sure, Eugene and whatever's going on with the New York AG and uh, DA. Um, and the role of the children is something also to keep an eye out on because Weisselberg has made himself more vulnerable you know, whether his kids had anything directly to do with Donald's business or not, 
they benefit from it. They, you know, they, they used, um, they got gifts, you know, they, they got a free ride a lot of times and that makes them vulnerable because, you know, when you accept something from somebody without giving anything back, somebody like Donald, there's always an expectation. The difference between Alan Weiselberg and Donald though, is that I, well, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I'd like to think that Weisselberg wouldn't throw his kids under the bus. No, and I, I think, you know, again, I'm not 100% sure it's all speculation, but I think that the investigators will use his kids to get him to roll and use exactly. him to roll on on Donald Eric uh, Ivanka with her $800,000 uh <laughs> payments for her consulting while working at Trump. Yeah, totally, totally legal and totally cool. Right? <laughs> um, well, I, I appreciate your time. You'll come back and let us know uh, how it goes. And, and I'm hoping for an indictment or some indictments soon in the Manhattan DA case, because that, like you said, is going to really help boost your case as well. It just shows a pattern of defrauding people. So Right. Anyway, I appreciate your time. Mary Trump, thanks so much for joining us. Anytime. Thanks, AG. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody. It's AG, and this portion of Daily Beans is brought to you by Nebbia. To me, the best way to get my day started right is with a really good shower. Uh, I get the hot steam going, it gets me in gear, and I get my best ideas while I'm in the shower. It's my thinking time. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Nebbia. They want to empower your shower. Backed by some of the biggest names in Silicon Valley, including Tim Cook, and designed by former Tesla, NASA, and Apple engineers who spent years researching and developing a superior shower that saves water and is anything but ordinary. The Nebbia takes your shower to a completely different level. It's like a steam room combined with an invigorating shower. And after a Nebbia shower, I feel relaxed recharge it's like i took a spa day the nebbia by moen spa shower is nebbia's most advanced shower yet with twice the coverage and half the water usage of standard shower heads and despite using 45 percent less water its spray is 81 percent more powerful than the competi- competition nebbia's atomized droplets rinse shampoo and conditioner out of even the thickest hair it can be easily installed in 15 minutes or less no need for contractors or plumbers and if you can change a light bulb you can install nebbia by moen nebbia balances functionality with a clean aesthetic too so it's very beautiful it's available in four premium finishes uh, white and chrome, spot-resistant nickel, which I have, matte black, and black and chrome. They also offer accessories like shower shelves and curtains, which pair perfectly with the shower. And the Nebbia by Moen Spa Shower starts at just $1.99. And for Daily Beans listeners, we have a deal. The first 100 people to use code BEANS at Nebbia.com will get 15% off site-wide. Nebbia really does want you to try this out, and they don't do deals like this every day. So jump on it. Go to Nebbia.com slash beans. That's N-E-B-I-A dot com slash beans to check out what they have to offer. The first 100 people to use the BEANS code when checking out, we'll save 15%. Again, nebbia.com slash beans and use the code beans to save 15%. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news. It's on the way. I'm having such a good time with the good news lately with the misheard lyrics and the guess the <laughs> mixed breed. <laughs> guess the mutt and uh it's absolutely i don't know i'm i'm absolutely loving it if you have anything to submit a confession a correction you need a dispute settled in amy's court on friday or if you have you want us to guess what breed your uh breeds your dog is your rescue dog that's a mixed breed 
anything you want, misheard song lyrics, you can send them to us by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. That is the best way to send them in. It is the way that we, uh, it's, it's where we get them because uh, if, if they're sent to email addresses or whatever, they might slip through the cracks. So definitely do that from the, the website by clicking on contact. Um, and also good news pictures go into the show notes for patrons and supercast subscribers. So you'll be able to see the pictures that we see <laughs> as you listen to the good news. It's, it's, it's quite fun. Yes. And you can try and guess the breed too, because AG and I kind of suck at it, but we're trying. <laughs> yeah. Everything is a Staffordshire Terrier <laughs> from now on. Everything, <laughs> everything, everything is a Stafford and a Bull Terrier. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, let's kick this off with Olivia, pronouns she and her, a couple of bits of good news. My parents finally convinced my 87 year old grandfather to move from Maine to North Carolina so they could take care of him. He was not happy about it, but at this point, at least he's here. Number two, I got my first dose today. Whoop, whoop. Attaches my pod tax. We don't have any pets here, but it's a shot of my twin seven year olds and me chilling in the hammock, enjoying one of the few non rainy days we've had in a while. Oh my goodness, <gasps> Olivia, you are so cute and your kids. What an adorable picture. Maybe it's just joy. Oh, they're so cute. Those are identical twins. Kind eyes. I love it. What a beautiful family. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yay for first <gasps> shots. Oh, I've already seen I've already oh. seen the next photo. Uh oh. Oh, darn you. All right. Just next one came from James, pronouns he and him. I have a confession for you. Many years ago, when playing with designing science fiction spaceships, when playing with designing, yeah, science fiction spaceships, as you do, I inadvertently designed one with the shape of the Odal rune. I started with the diamond shape, then added a couple of extensions to make it more interesting, but I scrapped it when I realized it looked like a swastika with the arms twisted around. I hadn't realized the shape had its own identity beyond being a twisted up swastika, but even that was enough to make me abandon the design. <laughs> Thank you very much, James, for that. Uh, for Pod Pet Tax, here are some photos of our mini Australian shepherds, cobalt and denim. Great names for dogs, man. I know. Uh, first with one-year-old cobalt meeting puppy denim, then the two of them playing frisbee at five and four years old and lastly them swimming off the spanish banks in vancouver british columbia with the north shore mountains in the background at age 14 and 13 i love that you've documented their life together cobalt's uh cobalt's going in for cancer surgery on monday wish us luck i definitely will oh my god i know i know i know this is what this is why i was like oh i've seen the picture already and it's this baby tiny puppy a, a mini aussie puppy oh wow oh the last photo Oh, James, thank you for sharing these. These pictures are adorable. That damn puppy. My goodness. I know. Oh, yes. And we'll keep you in our thoughts when you go in for surgery. Indeed. Oh, what a couple of honeys. They're so cute. I love the swimming picture. I know. (laughs) Uh, All right. Next up from anonymous pronoun she and her life confession. I was nine in 1972 during the end of the Watergate scandal. I lived in Youngstown, Ohio. Uh, growing up in the 70s in Youngstown, there was quite a lot of media coverage on Watergate and the leaking dam issue on Lake Milton west of the city. Let's remember that childhood and teenagers blow by you in a fog and I go off to college. Of course, political science is a requirement and wow, you should have seen a professor's face and fellow students astonishment when I was asked to give a brief overview of my thoughts on Watergate. I still blush today when I think about it. The professor was kind and asked politely how I came to think Watergate was about a dam issue in Northeast Ohio. Oh, my God. That's funny. (laughs) Watergate. Get it? (laughs) 
Oh my god, that's fantastic. <laughs> Blue bonnet plague, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. My pet tax are photos of McKinley and Harrison. <laughs> There's no doubt of their breed. Oh, look at no. these lassie dogs. Border collies. No, uh, cute, just cute, collie cute. collies. Isn't lassie just collie collie? Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, maybe they live on the border of their... You don't know. Maybe they live on the border of the county. The border collies are those black and white, like, you know, Mike know. the dog from uh, Down and Out in Beverly <laughs> yeah. Hills. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> this next one's from Eric. No pronouns given. Hello, Beans Queens. Eric from DC here to share my good news. Yesterday, I received the first Pfizer, Pfizer dose and scheduled my second one in three weeks. Ooh. Nice to be finishing this in the spring of a new and already much better year. I have no pod pets for attacks, but I'll share pictures of my tattoos. All right. One on arm is a wreath of olives and rosemary. On the other is lemons, basil, and garlic. These are the most delicious tattoos I've ever heard. And over my shoulder, apples and raspberries they bring me joy every morning when i see them in the mirror and although large they cannot be seen when i'm dressed for work shout out to the dc tattoo artist who took my ids and made them real stay safe out there wow oh these are incredible they are incredible beautiful that's all line work There's too those amazing are amazing tattoo yeah those are the hurty kinds those hurt those dark lines Woo. yeah those are great eric thank you eric ah I love these. I'm glad they make you happy. Yeah, I've got a whole crap load of them too, and you can't see them when I'm when I'm dressed up for work. Uh, although my work now is just yoga pants uh, and tank tops in my studio at home. <laughs> <laughs> it's just podcast work. No more government blazers for me. Woo-hoo. All right. Next up from Philip, pronouns he and him. Hello, awesome beans hosts. I have good news and sort of misheard lyrics. My parents just got their second dose of the Moderna vaccine, and the relief I feel is so palpable. I thought I had been relieved after their first shot, but this just truly made me feel like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. Apparently, they felt the same way when I told them that I'm finally scheduled to get my first shot of Pfizer's vaccine in two weeks. That's so great. I, 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 under, I totally get you. I mean, I don't get the second shot yet because my parents have, still have another week to go for their second shot. But when they got their first shot, I, was, I cried. I was like so relieved. Uh, I just had all these visions in my head of my mom getting sick. You know, she's got a lot of comorbidities and um, or a lot of pre-existing conditions and she's 74. And so I was just constantly, constantly worried about her. And then even that yeah. first shot made a big difference. And I'll, I'll report back how the second one makes me feel. But I'm assuming it'll be, you know, pretty, pretty palpable, like you yeah. said, Philip. Now, on the misheard lyrics, sort of. Philip says, I grew up in a very Baptist home. We listened to Christian radio stations in the car instead of secular music, and I went to a Christian camp during the summer. This meant that sometimes the songs from the stations and from camp were riffs on popular songs, and I had no clue. I'd never heard the other version. I didn't know Story of a Girl was a song because I'd always heard Story of a Squirrel. (laughs) It started with, this is a story of a squirrel whom God preserved when he drowned the whole world. And while things look so dark and Noah's Ark was absolutely flooded, yet she's fine. Oh, wow. Holy this is a story of a girl. Hmm. Cried a river and drowned the whole world. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's not misheard. That's just misappropriated. Yeah. <laughs> Thank that's you. the whole thing. Thank you all so much for the news and the laughter. The good news segment is so often a highlight of each day as we enter this anniversary of a year of declared pandemic. Thank you again for all you do. And Philip, if you have any more of these Christian <laughs> parodies, oh my goodness. I need to hear them. It's like reverse Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> oh, AG, when I was, I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and we had a Christian station, and anyone who's from Albuquerque will know this. I don't know if it's still around, but it was called 
K-Lite, but it was spelled K-L-Y-T, which is also Clit 105, which I thought was the <laughs> best name ever for a Christian station. <laughs> I'm like, that's his Clit 105. Everyone's, it's K-Lite. I'm like, okay, sure, it's K-Lite. Yep. Mm-hmm. Another sure. candidate for my, my website idea called runitbymefirst.com. <laughs> yep, exactly. Nope, don't use that one. All right. This next one's from Holly, pronoun she and her. Hello, newish listener and fellow Gen Xer here from Quincy, Massachusetts. I felt compelled to write in this week for the things I got wrong segment. Before the Trump horror show began, I only loosely followed politics via the light, the nightly news and never watched cable news or listened to political podcasts. I could have probably named a few key figures in Congress and I was aware of the general political issues of the day, but my knowledge and knowledge and interest stopped there. In fact, and here's a confession, I was so uninterested in politics that I thought Antonin Scalia um, were actually two different people. That's funny. <laughs> Like Antonin, Anton and Scalia. Anton and okay, Scalia. You know, Anton, yeah, you know, Anton and Scalia. <laughs> Anytime they were mentioned in the news, I would think, boy, those two, those two are thick as thieves. Oh my God, this is fantastic. Always ruling the same way. They must be super besties. Imagine my surprise at the time of his death when I finally saw his name and picture on the TV screen. I mean, who's heard of a name Antonin? It was definitely a facepalm moment, and I was so very grateful that he never came up and social conversations in my pre-political life. It's a secret I've kept until now, and this podcast seems like the perfect place to spill my beans. You're damn right it is. Obviously, that's all changed in the last four years, and I could probably name every player in Washington just by the sound of their voice by now. For better or for worse, the four-year Trumpster fire certainly made me more informed citizen. As for pot pet tax, quick story. My sister got two female Bengal kittens. Ooh, mm. right around Thanksgiving. Sa- oh, sadly, one of the kittens was a runt of the litter, and despite medical intervention, she failed to thrive and had to be euthanized. The breeder was beside himself over the death and offered to replace her with a male kitten that he had available. So she brought home the male kitten right around Christmas. Within a week of having unfixed male and female together, the female prematurely went into heat. Mm. They were trying their best to keep them apart but it was a miserable experience for the entire household. Even in separate rooms, the cats were yowling for each other constantly. My sister asked if we could take the male cat home until the female cat came out of heat and was able to be spayed. So on January 1st, we we brought the male home and instantly fell in love. We had him here until February 18th. I never really a fan of getting a purebred animal, uh, knowing how many shelter animals need homes, but we absolutely fell in love with this breed. I now have a deposit on two Bengal kittens who will be ready to come home at the end of may so i'm inclining a couple photos i'm including a couple of photos of my nephew cat until i have my own to share thanks for all you do to keep us informed and laughing oh my god um holly thank you for keeping us laughing during that submission (laughs) anton and scalia anton and anton and scalia (laughs) it reminds me of i always thought astigmatism was a stigmatism so i would be like yeah i have stigmatisms um, oh my goodness! Because I thought the uh was uh, an article, right? Like a definite article. Like, do you have right. a, do you have astigmatism? My uh, my middle school teacher used to say Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, and I raised my hands and I said, "Who is Marianne?" Because I did not. <laughs> I thought she was just naming three people: Jesus, Marianne, Joseph. and Joseph. The yeah, pro- not Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. I'm like, who's Marianne? She was on Gilligan's Island. Yeah. Okay. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Got it. (laughs) 
Yeah, and I thought for the longest time that euthanasia had something to do with kids in Asia. Yep, in Asia. Yep, there you go. <sighs> Next up from Anne, pronouns she and her. Physical by Olivia Newton-John has a lyric, Let me hear your body talk, your body your talk. Your body talk. I heard it as, let me hear you fight the Hulk. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> Don't. You wouldn't like him when he's angry. Uh, confusing to say the least. Why do you want me to fight the Hulk? <laughs> I still hear my version if it comes on the radio. <laughs> Here are pics of oh my, my dog God. Ernie and the kitties and sun- the kitties Sunny and Stormy. Look at Ernie. <gasps> Ernie with oh. his ballerina feet. He's so very proper. Oh, and the kitties are yes. like, get away from our box. This is our box. Oh my God, seriously. You don't touch oh my, my God, box. They're so cute. <laughs> oh, these were fantastic submissions today. And the bangles are beautiful too. The bangle kitties yes. from Holly. <laughs> Anton and Scalia. Oh my god! I want to do a sitcom now. You know, worst duo ever. (laughs) I just want to do yeah, like like a weird cop show or (laughs) I don't know. Maybe 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 they are a couple that have like they fall on hard times. Like they got in a fight at IKEA. We're gonna talk about Anton and Scalia. (laughs) Oh my god! I don't know. That's hilarious. Well done. That was very good. Oh, thank you. Brain's always turning, wheels always going. Yeah. Um, Anton and Scalia. That's brilliant. All right. Uh, if you have any of those uh, moments, <laughs> aha moments, uh, please send them to us because, and the misheard song lyrics, uh, everything. I just love it all. Uh, we didn't get any mixed dog breed guesses today, but I'm sure that people are formulating them now. Maybe people felt bad for us. They're like, oh God, <laughs> then you're tortured. They're like, please stop submitting these. Can you hear their pain? We like to hear them <sighs> succeed and yet they fail and fail and Every fail. Time. <laughs> Well, uh, you can do that. You can just head to dailybeanspod.com and click on contact and send those in. So, uh, all right. We, uh, we're getting through the week. We're getting there. The first week we of March indeed. is, is going to be in the can soon. And this March is going to go by fast. I, I'm willing it to go by fast and I'm willing some indictments to come out from the Manhattan district attorney too because mary as mary said if 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 trump can get indicted for that kind of fraud that bolsters her case um mm-hmm. you know to show that he's a it. fraudster uh he's got a history of it <laughs> yeah indeed so we'll be yeah, keeping indeed. an eye on that for you but uh anything else you want to talk about dana do you have anything coming up yeah just join me t- join me tonight if you're listening to this before 5 p.m a specific standard time on wednesday join me tonight on facebook live on my facebook which is dg comedy or you can also find it on olivia travel facebook page i'm going to put a post up on mine so you'll see exactly what it is but i'll be doing some stand-up and also interviewing one of my dear friends vicky martinez from the voice in orange is the new black um she's got a she's making a new album because she knows as an artist it's time to get out there and and heal some people through her music and heal herself through her art so it's gonna be a great interview so i hope you'll join us live tomorrow on facebook the tip jar will be open and we will be donating part of the proceeds to charity like we always do so thank you ag yeah and and feel free we'll we'll, we'll post that up on the the facebook group too for for patrons also so great you know, i would love that we'll thank be you. able to have all those links available so check in check it out I feel like Uncle Joey Uh, and until tomorrow everybody please take care of yourselves take care of each other take care of your mental health and take care of the planet I've been AG and I've been DG and them's the beans
The Daily Beans is directed, written, and hosted by executive producer Allison Gill and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Audio. Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Allison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kanai. Fact-checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder of Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. Hey, everybody, do not miss our Daily Beans after party on the Stereo app. We'll be going live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Dana and I want to hear from you. Our last Stereo show went a little bit like this. I saw a billboard. We were driving back from Vegas and saw a billboard that said, you know, there were for apartments for lease. And they're like, leasing information, call this number. And I was like, leasing information? How do you lease information? How, you can't give it back. Once you know something, don't you just know it? Like, And then I was like, oh, wait. Yep. You just have the moments. I had mine on the show the other day. If you were listening to the episode th- on Thursday, actually, right before you tune into this, um, they were talking about cats that didn't have any meows and they were getting lost in different a- in places and missing. And so the story was basically like the cat disappeared and it didn't have any meow. And they're like, oh, my God, we need to find it. We're going to look for the cat. We put out food. We put up signs. And in my head, my brain went... <laughs> How, who the who are the signs for? Like the, the cat's not going to know what read. the sign says. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I, I the pause in the story. Pause. Get it? No pun intended. But the pause yeah, in yeah. the story. I do think people <laughs> will hear it. But it was just one of those moments where I was like, oh, you're, yeah. Your first thought was signs. Cats can't read. Yeah. Cats can't read. All right. That's so great. And now, like, I want to put signs up like that. That that you know, are just a picture of a cat being like, Hey Bruce, you're missing. Come home. Right. Uh, And uh, how do we know? I mean, let's be honest. You don't know if cats can or can't read. (laughs) So we're just making an assumption there. Uh, Making an assumption. My friend who's a comedian, Brian Simpson, he has this whole bit about, you know, uh, he sees lost dog signs and it's like, we, you know, we miss our boy. He wants to come home. He misses up. He misses us. And, and Brian's like, you sure? Because the last time, last I read that dogs <laughs> can smell you from three miles away. So maybe that motherfucker chose the streets. Uh, yeah. <laughs>